So there's this commonly held belief in culture that seems to suggest that you have a personal life and a business life. And we all know, if we think about it for like three seconds, that's just not true. We have one life and we just have different roles that we play, that we walk in and out of. And it turns out that there are aspects of our lives that we carry in and out of these roles. Some are particularly more transportable than others. Well, today's conversation is specifically about how you and I relate with food and with our bodies. And it turns out that this particular angle on our life, on how we relate with this really important thing, has huge implications on a lot more than just what we eat. So much of what we wanna do is, is giving people tools to start wherever they are today and to go somewhere different tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. We've heard from so many people who say, I changed my diet and everything else in my life changed. I'm your host, Dane Sanders, and I want to welcome you to Converge. Today's episode is a little different in that my guests came into my life from a surprising angle. I have a good friend. His name is Steve. He lives around the corner. He's actually one of my photo clients. And we were talking not too long ago about how I'm relating with my body, uh, food, fitness, that sort of thing, the kind of thing that everybody can relate with on some level. And he handed me this book called It Starts With Food by Dallas and Melissa Hartwig. And this book is intriguing on a lot of fronts. Number one, these kinds of books, uh, they are legion. There are a lot of books on the planet that talk about food. But as I dove in, first of all, I got endorsed by a friend. And anytime that happens, there's a sense of compulsion for me. I trust it. And I got into it, and the results were all over this guy's life. I mean, he had lost a significant amount of weight. He was already fit, but now he looked uber fit, ridiculously ripped, kind of like stop in the middle of the road, ask what the hell did you do with your life kind of fit. And on top of that, he was this guy who, he wasn't a talker. He, he just was like in our conversation. He said, yeah, this, I think this could be helpful for you. Check it out. So I get in, and the first thing I did, I start reading. In the first three or four chapters, the book says, uh, I can skip them if I want, but if I really want to know the whys and the hows behind what's going on, what's about to change my life, check this out. I dove in. I realized there was good science behind this. It just seemed like a really well thought through effort. Little did I know that I was late to the party. There's a lot of folks who had already discovered this whole nine life.com world. And um, the way I found out that there's a bunch of people involved was I started reading it, started appreciating it, dove in head first in this thing they call a whole 30. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. And I just went ahead and jumped on the Twitter and said, hey, thanks for writing this. This is really cool. And incredibly, the authors of the book decided to say hi to me back. And they said hi and encouraged me with a couple things. And then I was really blown away because there was this army of people who followed after them. And all of a sudden, I was trending, I think, on Twitter because of these folks. And then, of course, because of those interactions, I had a chance to reach out to Dallas and Melissa. And they're my guests on the show. So thank you both for being on the show. And thank you for what you created with with this uh, with this book and way more than that that we'll talk about in a second. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot. So uh, we had a chance to touch base briefly before we started the show today. And for folks who aren't familiar with uh, Starts With Food, there's a lot to this, this whole discover the whole 30 and change your life in unexpected ways. That's certainly been my experience, and I'll talk a little bit about that later. But talk a little bit about your story and what got you to make this book, create the, this, the whole nine life and the whole 30 program and all that comes with it. And if, and if you guys are wondering if what this is about at home, again, go to uh, wholenightinlife.com and uh, you can check out the details. But l- let's hear from you guys. What, what, what got you here? 
I've been a physical therapist for, for 10 plus years and sort of have that science background, the healthcare background, and always have enjoyed working with people. And so just kind of built into me is this desire to kind of help people and make the world a better place. And in the process of kind of keeping up with uh, health and fitness and nutrition topics, kind of current topics, current research, uh, kind of stumbled across some stuff that was relevant for a, uh, a population of people who have autoimmune disease. And so um, my younger sister has rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis, but it also just sort of happened at the time. I was kind of struggling with a, a longstanding shoulder problem as sort of a chronic inflammation that I was a little embarrassed about because as a really good physical therapist, I couldn't fix myself and started to kind of wonder, you know, I guess the question I asked myself was, why is there this ongoing inflammatory process? Why, if I'm doing all the right things, are things just not sort of healing up rapidly and easily? And started to kind of wonder whether, like people with autoimmune disease, whether some dietary components were affecting me, even though I don't have any sort of overt autoimmune disease. And so I, I wondered just what would happen if I changed some of my diet? Would that impact the inflammation going on in my shoulder? And after this has been, a, you know, almost 18 months that I had been struggling with this, this shoulder problem, after taking about six weeks, making some significant dietary changes, kind of modeled around Dr. Cordain's approach, um, my shoulder was pain-free. And that really got my attention. Um, and so then I was like, well, I should really read more about this stuff. And Dr. Cordain is the author of a book called The Paleo Diet. It's uh, an excellent uh, kind of starting point for people interested in that topic. And I kind of dove into that and kind of explored the research supporting the paleo diet, more of Dr. Cordain's work specifically with nutrition and inflammation. And through some other kind of contacts we had, uh, kind of got in touch with Rob Wolf, who has since written a book called The Paleo Solution. Mm -hmm. Basically, all of what we have done has been a springboard off of the foundation laid by some of those people well before us. Got it. And and for and now paleo is for the the short version of a of a new person in the conversation. Uh, that's me. Uh, would describe paleo as basically meat, but not just any kind of meat. The kind of meat that where the whatever that meat was, what that meat ate mattered uh, on that meat. So meat is part of it. Vegetables is very centric to it, and fruit like seasonal fruit, uh, without going overboard on it. And it also means the the removal of things like sugars uh, that aren't natural or that are refined or whatever, a lot of grains, uh, legumes, those kinds of things, seedy things removed out of that. And I know there's a lot more to paleo. People have called it the caveman diet. If you can't hunt and gather it, then uh, it's probably not good for you. And, and it's funny how, like any movement, it's a bit polarizing, right? Some people hear it and they go, it's all good. It, and it's the cat's meow. Other people hear it and they say, oh, that's a big cult. I don't want to be a part of it. So given that that's the background, I encourage folks who are listening to this this conversation, the reason I'm talking to photographers and business people about this, this is a lot more than a food conversation. But how you relate with food and how you relate with your body often has impact on how you relate with everything in your life. If it shows up that way in your life there, it's probably going to show up in how you relate with your customers, how you relate with your business, how you relate with your craft as a photographer, how you relate with the whole of your life, the relationships, emotional. In fact, one of the biggest surprises I've had as I've gone through this process with your guys' work has been the recognition of just how much psychological, emotional attachment I have to food and how that was easily the hardest part of going 30 days uh, under your guys' guidance. So I'm wondering, Melissa, can you talk a little bit about not only your kind of entry into this conversation, obviously you guys are a little connected, love to hear about your relationship, but I'd also like to hear you talk about that nature, the nature of that side of the conversation, the whole 
psychological connection with food. Yeah. As Dallas mentioned, our nutrition recommendations are based around the, the constructs of a paleo diet, which has some pretty specific eat this, don't eat this guidelines. But it's about a lot more than just what foods to eat and what foods to avoid. If it were as simple as just giving people our shopping list and saying, here, just eat these foods and you'll be really healthy. I mean, you wouldn't even need us. It would be the shortest book ever written. <laughs> but when we did our first, what became the Whole30 four years ago, four years ago, Dallas and I decided to do a, a squeaky clean 30-day program, nutrition program based around the concepts of a paleo diet, only to eat these foods that we think make you more healthy and to eliminate foods like you mentioned, like uh, added sugar, alcohol, grains, legumes, dairy. What would this do for us? And we were looking for things like increased performance in the gym. Maybe we'd sleep a little better. Maybe we'd have better energy. But at the end of those 30 days, what surprised me the most was that my relationship with food had changed dramatically and changed permanently. That's right. I had body image issues as so many men and women do. I used food as reward and punishment. I used food as comfort. And over the course of those 30 days, the psychological, the emotional attachments I had to food and the way I thought about food and nourishing my body radically changed. And through that experience, the constructs of our Whole30 was born. So our nutrition program isn't just about what to eat and what not to eat. We tackle in a really significant way, changing your relationship with food for the rest of your life. And only if you do that are you able to make these changes to eat a healthier diet in a way that is sustainable long-term. If you're uh, just jumping in right now, my guests today are Dallas and Melissa Hartwig, authors of Starts With Food, Discover the Whole30 and Change Your Life in Unexpected Ways. Their website is whole9life.com. And uh, I love everything that you guys are saying. Uh, Melissa, the, I knew as you were talking about the healthy and unhealthy relationships with food, the relating with I could picture in my mind listeners going, just kind of sweating all of a sudden, going, oh, crap, that's me. Because it's part that's of that's everyone. That's right. It's part of the human condition, right? But it's, it's one of those easily ignored, let's bury my head in the sand. No, 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 that's not me. That's the other people who have problems. Like I could, I could quit whenever I want kind of claim. And yet, because it's so universal, it also can be universally ignored. And I want to talk about one little section of your book that really, this is what hooked me. It was this little, it's early on in the book, I think it's chapter three or something like that, where you talk about um, a day in the life of a, an individual, basically day one of like someone who is kind of gesturing towards a healthy life. They really don't have one, but they have their whole wheat tortillas and they have their fat-free dressing on their salad or whatever while they're having their venti caramel macchiatos as their treat for the morning and, and so forth. And it's almost laughable because I'm reading it and going, oh, you know, that's me. They're making fun of me, but I can live with it. It's fine. You know, that's, that's me. But then you go one step further and you say a bad day. Sorry, actually, first you talk about the good day. And that sounds idealistic, but totally foreign as someone who wasn't getting started. And then I read a bad day, which was more my life, which was I was just describing. But then you went one further and said, let's talk about that guy three years out. And I read that page and I went, oh my gosh, I thought I was the guy that back there, but in truth, I'm actually the guy three years out now. And where am I going to be 10 years from now? And I thought it started thinking about cause and effect. And what, one thesis I'm thinking a lot about is how critical it is to position myself and how I relate with the big components of my life, like how I relate with money, how I relate with relationships, how I relate with myself and self includes, you know, body, soul, spirit, the whole thing. And how if I can position myself in the best possible spot, 
I can make my life easier or harder. And what I was finding was, first off, reading those few pages, I realized where my actual position is right now is way further from, from true than I thought. It was worse mm-hmm. than I thought. And seeing that was an important first step. The second thing that I was really struck by was now here I am like 33 days later, I did the whole 30. I'm really proud of myself, getting high fives from everybody, having gone through a bunch of sections uh, over those 30 days where people made fun of me. There was a little shaming here and there along the way. People telling me I was no fun. But, but in the midst of that whole process, now I feel like remarkably positioned. Like it's not hard for me to avoid a craving. It's not hard for me to realize that a glass of water would actually be what my body needs. Or I can have tea at the end of the day and not turn on my television and feel like I'm going to get a great night's sleep because I position myself for a good experience. Can you talk a little bit about how critical it is and how awesome it is when you've lined up these pieces uh, to, to set a trajectory for success? Yeah, I, I think your experience is really common. We wrote those stories, the kind of good day, the bad day, and the, and the very bad day three years later, because we wanted people to see themselves in those stories. We wanted people to see how, and, it, and it's very societally accepted. You wake up in the morning and you, you know, you're having coffee, say, with a coworker, and you're like, oh man, I like only slept like six hours last night. I had to drag myself out of bed. I can't even open up my eyes without a pot of coffee. And boy, by 11 o'clock, I am starving. And at three o'clock in the afternoon, I just got to put my head on my desk and take a nap. And then I try to wind down at night and I'm pretty wired. So, you know, I check my email and I'm on my computer and, and boy, I have a hard time falling asleep. None of that sounds abnormal. Chances are your coworker's going to go, yep, that's my life too. And by the way, I just went to the doctor and I'm on high blood pressure medication. Yep. So this is not abnormal in society. It's almost seen as just the total norm. This is what happens as you get older. So we wanted people to identify themselves in those scenarios, but we also wanted to provide them with the contrast, the contrast of what it can be like if you change your relationship with food, if you change your habits, if you, as you just put it so um, succinctly, position yourself differently. And by using food, I think, as the gateway to position yourself differently, we've heard from so many people who say, I changed my diet and everything else in my life changed. Right. And it's remarkable. It's amazing to think that just changing the food you put on your plate can have an impact like that. But people are happier. They have, you know, improved relationships with their spouses and their families. The benefits are far outside of just the changes in their body because of the food and because they feel so good about themselves that they were able to do this 30-day program and come out of it and be successful. Then they think, what else can I tackle? Mm -hmm. And it's not unusual for people to say, I did the whole 30 and now I'm exercising. And I did the whole 30 and then I gave up TV for 30 days. And now I have this awesome relationship with my kids that I didn't have before. So it's kind of like the first domino falls and then all of a sudden you position yourself differently and everything is easier. It's so striking the way you're describing that scenario. Some of my listeners have heard me tell the story of uh, a friend of mine named Mark Hayes who attended a workshop of mine a number of years ago, came in severely overweight and his business was failing simultaneously. By the end of the three-day workshop, he made a commitment to himself to lose a significant amount of weight, like the three-figure kind of weight. And he kept his commitment And lo and behold, his business tripled in the same time that he lost his weight. So totally resonant with that kind of experience. And by the way, just on a personal moment right now, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, I was finishing up my 30 days. At the end of it, everyone was saying, oh, what are you going to do at the end of the 30, trying to get me to get back to old patterns? And I was like, I was actually finding myself de-signifying finishing 30 because really it's my life. You know, it's not 30. But then I found myself going like, 
like you say, like what else? And so I launched immediately into this new pattern that I'm in, which is I'm religiously committed to not checking my email before noon. And, mm. and it's having this huge opening of possibility in my mornings now in terms of focus time around the things that are normally I procrastinate on or whatever. So that's been super resourceful. So all of that is resonant. But I'm also struck by, and I'd love to hear you guys talk about this, how because you've had so many people over these four years go through the whole 30 process, how you've been able to identify the flow that people go through. Uh, like I, I couldn't believe how you would talk about day one and two are, are awesome. And I, I don't know if it's three or four or five, but you're like, you're going to wake up like a train hits you. And, <laughs> and this is normal. And I, I remember I hadn't read that yet. And I woke up. And I literally thought someone punched me in the head. Like it, it hurt. My body was so mad at me for interrupting my bad habits. And, uh, and then sure enough, by day five, I was great. And everything else was really great flow. But then my brother-in-law who lives across the street about a hundred yards that way, he got enrolled in the whole thing that I'm doing, drank the Kool-Aid a little bit. And it was the night of day two. And he's like, this is awesome. I'm having a great time. And I said, okay, hypothetically, if you wake up tomorrow and you feel like a train hits you, I uh, just want to let you know that's normal. And he kind of went, what? No, whatever. Next night, I, I run into him and he's like, what just, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> but it's so powerful because you can, you, you give this, for those of you guys who don't know, they have this really cool email campaign thing where you can sign up and basically get a daily brain dump on so many facets of what you're going through at the exact moment in the Whole30 that you could anticipate. And they hold your hand through that process. But where did the brainstorm come from to help people walk through that, that process and to anticipate what they might be experiencing. And the other part, the big question here, how did you find that out, that it was so common, that it was a universal experience that these markers would, would happen? I mean, we've, we have, since the Whole30 was um, released more than four years ago, we've heard from literally tens of thousands of people who have shared their experiences with us. And we've heard from tens of thousands of people on day two, people saying, man, this is easy, I got this. And then on day four, what the heck happened? I've got a headache, I'm cranky, I'm foggy, what's going on? And then day seven, it's like the veil lifts and their energy is better and their sleep is better. So we've heard this from so many people. And when you hear a story from one person or two people, you're like, okay, that's cool. When you hear the same story from thousands of people, you pay attention. Yeah. And so because we've been able to collect those stories for the last four years, we've got a really good idea of exactly what you are going to go through over the course of your 30 days. And we're going to tell you that up front because we want to earn your trust. I'm going to warn you that on day four, you're going to feel like you've got a headache and you're, you know, we call that the kill all the things phase. Yeah. You know, you're going to be missing sugar. You're going to have cravings. And we want to warn you that this is coming one, because we need you to be prepared. We need you to understand what you're going to be up against and we want to make sure that you've got a plan and you're prepared to overcome those challenges and make it through. But we also want you to trust us, you know, trust that if you see yourself through those four or five days where things are hard, that you'll come out on the other end and everything will be so much better than you could have imagined. So the idea came from all of the people that we've spoken with and their stories. The idea for the daily motivation came from all of the habit research that we've done. Everything shows us or tells us, and there have been really interesting studies with smokers who receive text messages when they're trying to quit, uh, weight loss participants who join a community and uh, have some accountability versus trying to lose weight on their own. And all of these habit research and, and studies have shown us that 
having somebody be accountable on a daily basis and giving people the support, whether it's in person or in our case online or via these emails makes a huge difference in how successful they are at achieving their goal. And we wanted to provide people with as much information and as many tools as possible to work through the program as successfully as possible. My guests today are Dallas and Melissa Hartwig, authors of Starts With Food, Discover the Whole 30 and Change Your Life in Unexpected Ways. And the last comment about habit is striking. We had a chance before we started talking on air today to talk about uh, Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business, and uh, agreed that it's, it's a great resource. I was also struck by not only you talking about this book, but also how in your emails, you, you really open up a lot of angles of resource for people to consider so that if, they're, if they have one particular thing that they're struck by, they can kind of drill down a little bit more deeply. Or if, they, if, they, if that's not the thing that they're experiencing, they can kind of set that aside as a resource and come back to and get back and go to other things. I was most struck by how you warned me to go talk to my wife about day four. Uh, and let, <laughs> let, let her know in advance that I'm going to be kind of grumpy that day and to just anticipate it. And again, I think that was just very caring on your part to to open that up for folks. I, I also am struck, and, and maybe this is kind of where we can kind of turn a corner and head for home. By the end of the whole 30 experience, I found myself just becoming convinced that when you say starts with food, you really meant it. Like it's just the beginning of the conversation. And it just seemed like you have ambitions to on at people's own pace on their own terms however they want to get there that you, you're playing a much bigger game than helping people with food and fitness at the end of it i really found myself going like i feel like i've been in, like pulled into a, a life shift like in in a, in a lot of categories in fact i ended up losing 15 pounds in the 30 days and you know that was great and all and i, I went in going like yeah it'd be cool if i was a little weight but i really found myself going like no no i i feel alive like i feel the sense of kind of there's a lot more to, I have a bigger life now than I did 30 days ago. And, and talk a little bit about what, what, what is your not so hidden agenda uh, to change the world? What, what are you doing? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I agree that it is a sort of not so hidden. I mean, you know, so much of what we do, um, you know, with friends, family, uh, readers, seminar attendees, uh, you know, so much of what we do is really driven or, or motivated by the desire to make people's lives better. And that's something that we can't force, we can't make happen, but we can sort of facilitate and, and catalyze. And so, so much of what we want to do is, is giving people tools to start wherever they are today and to go somewhere different tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And nutrition is such a, a focal point of the work that we do because we think it's so foundational for optimal health like you say, not just the physical health, but also the emotional, spiritual, social health um, that ultimately is sort of the sort of higher level of expression of human beings. So working towards starting with food, making some changes there, um, giving yourself a very good sort of uh, physiological foundation to, to build on. But then from there, when you're successful in a relatively short-term change, like a 30-day program, like our Whole30, you build confidence. You realize, hey, I can do this. This actually makes a difference. I don't have to do something for you know 10 years to see something change in a positive way. And you develop momentum. And I think that concept of, of inertia is really, really important for people 
because so many people are discouraged and beaten down and confused and conflicted by all sorts of different information that tells them different things on different days of the week. They don't really know what the healthiest way to eat is. They don't really know what the best kind of exercise is because on TV and in the newspapers and everywhere else, you see the newest, greatest thing, which is the opposite of what the newest, greatest thing was yesterday. And nobody really knows what to do. And so to be able to find something that's successful and life-changing in a short-term kind of way really gives people, I guess, empowers people to start making changes in other areas of their life that might be health-related, like maybe they start an exercise program that they weren't doing previously, but very, very high percentage of time that extends over into other aspects of their life that we think ultimately are, are much more important long-term for that deep, enriching quality of life. So much of what we've been talking about today at the beginning of this conversation, I'm hoping that people are listening and, and getting, you know, why in the world would we have brought these guests, uh, Dallas and Melissa Hartwig, uh, starts with food authors, to the conversation with photographers or creatives who are trying to make a go of things professionally. And your last comments, Dallas, really remind me of what, what I thought about actually was John Wooden, uh, you know, the fam- infamous UCLA basketball coach, uh, won uh, several NCAA Division One championships, but all the folks who ever worked for him, all the guys who played on his teams or were associated with him, talk about how legendary he was to take these, you know, elite athletes and even as high performers stop, with, not be so impressed with what they could do on the court, but slow everything down and go right back to the beginning and, you know, teach them how to tie their shoes, how to put their socks on, how to, how to get these seemingly unrelated aspects straight because of the ripple effect that would have in every area of their life. So if you're at home going at this point and you don't know why we're talking about food, we're talking about food because we're talking about you and you can't get through you without getting through these fundamental pieces and starting with food. It's, it's just remarkable to me, a huge epiphany for me on how that could open up massive opportunity for your business, for your creativity, for the relationships you care about most but to, to treat your, the whole of your life starting with this and getting this straight for the ripple effect to move forward. So thank you both so, so much, not only for the work and the creativity, and, but your authenticity, your transparency, your commitment to building trust, uh, the way you're modeling good online business, which isn't modeled all the time, uh, the way you uh, are building community and inviting other people to do the same. Just super, super impressed. And I say that not theoretically, I say that from experience. Really, really glad. I should also mention we were going to do this interview when I first came, got a hold of you guys, and we both agreed let's do the whole thirty first, and and then have the conversation. And I'm so thankful we did that. It just adds a, a high degree of proof to me of of just the legitimacy of what you guys have created. So thank you so so much. Thank you for having us. We um, we appreciate being able to talk about about things other than just the nitty gritty technical recommendations we make, and have kind of some of the bigger discussions on how you know, the way you change your diet can affect the rest of your life in, in a really profound way. Awesome. Where can people find you? Uh, in your, just uh, the ideal places for, uh, again, I, you guys do a lot more than the book. You have the book, you have the forums, like the, the community that you talked about earlier. You have all the other resources that you point to. Let people know how they can get in touch. Sure. The uh, website is whole, W-H-O-L-E, the number nine, life, L-I-F-E dot com. Um, We also have a a Facebook page that's Whole9. We have a Facebook page that is Whole30, um, two large, thriving communities there. We have a free Whole30 forum that's accessible via the website. Um, We write articles uh, multiple times a week for the blog there. 
Our book, It Starts With Food, is available on Amazon, in Barnes and & Noble, and, and many other bookstores worldwide. So there's a lot of different opportunities there. All right. And if this was helpful for you guys at home uh, for the show, please don't hesitate to let us know. If you want to follow up with things in the comments section or on any of our sites, uh, feel free to, to follow up there too. But uh, also be sure to give uh, Dallas Melissa a shout out of thanks if this was resourceful for you and check in with the community. I know they would be grateful and I know I am. So thanks so much for all you guys do and thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. This was episode 010 of Converge, the Business of Creativity podcast. FastTrackCreative.com is our home. It's the easiest place to find past episodes, our Better Together community, and a ton of great resources for artists looking to make a living and a difference with what they make. Music today provided by TripleScoopMusic.com. Sound as good as you look. To get access to everything mentioned on today's show, please visit Whole9Life.com. Special thanks to Dallas and Melissa Hartwig for being here. And finally, thanks to you. It's incredible to me that so many have taken the time to spread the word through Twitter, leave questions and comments on the site, and rate us to places like iTunes. Helping us get the word out is a huge boost in the arm, and I never want to miss a chance to say thanks. So, thanks. I'm Dane Sanders. See you here next time.